We're on the air. Let's see how the broadcast gets from the studio to your home. All right, welcome back to another episode of How Deep Is Your Crate? How Deep Is Your Crate is a spin-off series from Sounds Visual where DJs, producers, musicians, and record collectors share some of their favorite albums with us. On this episode, we're joined by producer, musician, composer, and record label owner, Aaron Louis Levinson, as he shares his love for Ruben Blades' 1985 LP, Isenas. Isenas is the second studio album by Ruben Blades as a soloist, released on October 15, 1985 by Elektra Records. The album reached number three on the Billboard Tropical Albums chart. Isenas also won a Grammy in the category of Best Tropical Latin Performance. All right, let's talk to Aaron about the Ruben Blades album, Isenas. When I moved to New York City in 1981, I was already uh, a pretty serious jazz and funk uh, soul fan, but I had not really listened to Latin music. And the fact that New York is home to the second largest Puerto Rican population outside of Puerto Rico itself uh, gave me a kind of immediate education into this form of music that would ultimately end up uh, altering the direction of my life. So. That really took place ultimately in 1986. I had been in New York for about five years and it was uh, an eye-opening experience. However, by the time that this little tale begins, uh, I was in a real tailspin as a person. I was at the lowest point in my life. And... Um, I discovered in that moment an album called Isenas by Ruben Blades. And that record, in a way, I would have to say saved my life. So this little uh, episode, I'd like to dedicate, if I may, to Ruben Blades for saving my life. So let's look at the record quite literally from the front. Look at the front cover of this record. It has, uh, as the name suggests, it's a street scene. But this street scene is extremely unusual. And in a way, turned into something that is a commentary on what lies within. So Ruben, as well as the members of uh, Seis del Solar, are on the cover along with an old woman and a number of things that I imagine uh, can be decoded symbolically and uh, hopefully people that listen to this episode may send in their suggestions uh, regarding this fact. But let's begin with just that image which struck me from the beginning. Uh, it's a black and white photograph and it doesn't look like a real scene. It looks more like a scene of New York inside of a dream. 
And I think that that, uh, what you might call magical realism, because obviously it's steps, it's people, uh, there is a realistic aspect to it, but it's also not entirely rooted in this world. So at the end of the day, the record already is suggestive of a world that is half real and half dream, at least to me. But immediately, one of the things that you notice beyond um, what I've always loved, that sort of extraordinary and spooky uh, monochrome cover, is the language of Reuben Blades. Uh, to call him the poet laureate of salsa music, I do not think is an overestimation. Uh, few people that write songs in any language have the gift of Reuben Blades. He just exists at a level of artistry that few people ever, ever get to experience. And this record is the second solo record that Reuben makes after he leaves Willie Colon. And for those of you uh, who are already salseros, you will know that Willie Colon initially affiliates himself with uh, Hector Laveau, and famously, uh, even kind of with us, like maybe the greatest uh, pitching squad of all time, he has both Hector and Ruben in his band at the same time. Uh, eventually, Hector goes solo uh, and tragically passes away. But before that happens, Ruben and uh, Willie enjoy one of the great creative runs in the history of American music. And after that, and that I feel like this record is sort of like the high point of, of a certain type uh, in the career of Ruben after Willie Cologne. Uh, this record just puts together so many of the things that are the sort of stock in trade of Ruben Blades, the social commentary, the sort of observations uh, about barrio life, and his own kind of trenchant uh, analysis of the people that surround him. Siempre en la noche mi mamá buscaba el sueño frente a la televisión y me pedía que por favor no la pagara su soledad pena que el muerto no aguantaba aunque jamás lo confesó So there's a few people that uh, participate in this record and at that time really notably Linda Ronstadt sings with Ruben on this album, and uh, Joe Jackson takes a synth solo. I mean, today, uh, you know, that might not seem like much, but at the time it was a kind of interesting and timely collaboration uh, between what are really English language artists in both cases and the foremost Latin uh, vocalist uh, in tropical music of his time.
The other thing that I think is really worth mentioning is that when you listen to the tracks, what has really happened is that what were formerly trombone parts in the case of Willie Colon's group, Barry Rogers, most notably, is replaced by synthesizers here. So by the mid-1980s, the sound of salsa music is evolving. I hear it in the years that I'm there from when I arrive in 81 until this time in early 86 where I'm hearing this album. It has changed and salsa music is adopting to the technological evolution of its time. For me, the standout tracks on the album were in specific Sopresas, which is a direct follow-up to Pedro Navaja. And in many ways, you know, a lot of people feel like, you know, that's one of Ruben's greatest songs and for good reason. To me, uh, Sopresas is a really powerful uh, kind of uh, postscript to that record. El borracho temblando le entregó al ladrón lo que acababa de encontrar una esmita en hueso, unos pesos y un puñal. Y el ladrón asombrado le preguntó, bro, ¿y tú qué haces con todo esto? Mejor será que me cuentes toda la historia. Y ojalá que la juma no afecte tu Then there's a kind of typically anthemic Ruben move on and get it together song, uh, Muevete, which is great and has a kind of social empowerment, trans-Latin message to it that Ruben has always, uh, you know, lived and to me is one of the most impressive things about him. He's not a nationalistic person. He's a person that's based on global identity and he's a powerful cat because of it.
song that saved my life was a song called Caina, which if you don't understand Spanish, means cocaine. And cocaine was most definitely the biggest problem in my life. And it had consumed everything else. And when I used to read the line, no se puede creer a la caína, it would just send chills down my spine because I knew Ruben was right. You cannot care for cocaine. You cannot love it. It's not something that you will find any reciprocity from. I knew at that time that Ruben was in New York, not far from where I lived. And I tried to find his address and I even wrote him a letter thanking him for what he had given me in that moment and what it meant to me even as I was still struggling and not yet out of the woods. When I look back on the album now, critically and as a work of art, it's really worth mentioning that the album, Escenas, won the Grammy that year uh, for Tropical Salsa Album of the Year, and I think cemented Ruben's place uh, outside of his association, famously, with Willie Colon uh, as a formidable factor in Latin music. The postscript to this is that 18 years later, in 2004, in Los Angeles, I would stand on stage with Oscar Hernandez, the synthesizer player on Escenas, and we would receive the same award that Ruben Blades received in 1985, Tropical Salsa Album of the Year. What makes it more remarkable is that the guest artist on our record and his return to salsa music after a generation was Ruben Blades. For an archive of past episodes, please visit our website at soundsvisualradio.com. You can find us on Instagram at soundsvisualmedia, Facebook at soundsvisualmedia, P-D-X, that's P like Paul, D is in David, X is in X-Ray. You can also email us at soundsvisualradio at gmail.com. And as always, thanks for listening. <laughs>